This is Maggie McCowan, and you're listening to Commute Chats. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Commute Chats. I cannot believe we've made it to July. It's June 29th. It's almost a July 4th holiday weekend. And I don't know about all of you, but for me, the past two months have flown by. I've had so much going on this summer, travel, house hunting, getting ready for a big move. So it's been quite busy. And I can't wait to share more with you all about all of those things once we get settled down in a few months. But really quick, before we get started, I just wanted to thank all of you so much who have been listening to my podcast. It means the world to me that you would take time out of your day to tune in here in this space. But please make sure to leave reviews on Apple or Spotify podcast and share this with your friends. I would love for you to follow me on Instagram as well at at commute chats and make sure to share it with your friends. I've been working harder on my Instagram on sharing some of what I'm passionate about, so I hope you'll join me there too. Now, let's get to it. Episode four. We made it four episodes in. I'm so excited. I have a very special guest today on the podcast. Shelby is my best friend, and we only met three years ago. I think Shelby and I pretty much instantly became friends when we met, and that turned into being besties. I'm so thankful for her while we've been living far away from our family and we've made so many memes together. I can't wait to make more for the rest of our life. But to get to Shelby, she's a true badass. She currently manages a CrossFit gym and is a personal trainer. She is the strongest person I know physically and mentally. And she has her degree in health sciences and works super hard to get where she is today in her career. I'm going to save the rest for later in the podcast. So with all that being said, welcome to the pod, Shelby. Thanks for having me, and thank you for that too, too, too sweet introduction. Um, I'm so happy to know this Alabama queen. She's brought all the South to us, to us here in Michigan. We truly have the South and the North right here. The accents, yes. the, <laughs> the different thing. We should talk about that, but um, I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast. So now that we've introduced you, we're going to just talk about a few things on the podcast today. But first, let's talk about how we met. And I was thinking about the first time we hung out, the two of us. And I'm pretty sure it was at dinner where we literally just ate the same 20 place. minutes ago. Yes, how fitting. Social in Birmingham. We probably had the same meal. Um, but I think that's like the first time. Like we knew each other before then. But yeah, I think a that's little the bit. first time we were like actually hung out just the two of us. Yeah. And it was actually meant to be with a third person. Yes. Who we both know. So this was kind of like our connection and they ended up having to cancel, but we were like, let's do it. Yeah. Which was risky, but it worked out for the best. Yeah. I was probably kind of nervous because I was like, I don't really know this girl that right. much. Like, hope she likes me. I hope she doesn't think I'm weird, but it worked out. <laughs> no, I was in love with your Southern accent. <laughs> I was like, Jeremy, I get to spend the night with Maggie and listen to her talk. <laughs> I can't wait for people to hear. Cause like, I would say, I mean, probably a lot of people in Michigan do listen to this, but probably more people from the South listen. Right. And I can't wait to see what they think about your accent. I remember the first time someone told me I had an accent. I went to Canada and they were like, you're from Michigan, aren't you? I can tell by your accent. And I was like, no, I don't have an accent. You have an accent. And I was like, oh, wait, to some people, I have an accent. Yeah, it's definitely different here. The accents are obviously very different from the North and South. Um, But yeah, it's definitely a fun story of how we met. My husband, Riley, moved up here, for those of you who don't know, Several years before I did, and you met Riley. We did, but like just in the gym, right? We didn't not not really a friendship. Outside of the gym, like, hey Riley, how are you? How are you? Yeah, 
just right. like cordial. Right. And I remember I probably did meet you at some point when I came up here when me and Riley were long distance, but like, again, at the gym, just saying, Hey, like it was nothing beyond that really. But now we're all best friends for the rest of our life. And it's going to be great. Even though we're moving, it's going to be great. We're going to go on adventures and travel together and see the world. Mm -hmm. So now that we, now that you know how we've met, let's get into our topics for the day. We have quite a few. Um, As you know, the goal of this podcast, if you've been listening, if you haven't, welcome, is to empower women all over the world to be the best version of themselves. And what better way to do that than to hear from some amazing, incredible women who are willing to share their life and career experiences with us. We are all better people when we listen to others and use their knowledge to grow. And I truly believe that. That's why I started this podcast. So today we're going to discuss a few things, Shelby's college experience and how it led her to the career she's in today how she views physical fitness and body image, and some tips on making friends post-college or like post-young professionals, maybe even. Like just after you get out of the period of your life where it's like instant friends all around you, how do we make friends after that? Um, First, I want to let you, Shelby, tell your story about your college experience and how that got you to the career you are in now. Yeah, well, it's a journey. Um, so I was the first generation in my family, like my entire family to even have this prospect of going to college. Like my parents aren't college educated. I don't think I could tell you a single person in my family who is. So it was a very like big and new and scary experience for me, but my parents really, really pushed it because they weren't college educated and they really wanted me and my brothers to get our education. So I was just like, all right, this is scary, but I'm going full in. I'm going pre-med, baby. And I, was, <laughs> and I, you know, I got into U of M Flint and I got into, I started pre-med, but I had to work. So I had to, um, I lived at home with my parents, but it was their expectation that I also had to work. And I worked my tail off. I got a job at the hospital to get experience. So I like had my foot in the door because I was pre-med and it took, everything out of me. Like I knew I needed to get great grades and it was just really, really hard. So my confidence really dropped in that. Um, I was very nervous and timid at this time in my life, like 18 year old girl, big, scary experiences. My parents couldn't really help because they didn't know anything. Right. And I was not going to go to a guidance counselor because I was way too nervous (laughs) to talk to anybody. So that's when I pulled back and was like, well, I'll do nursing. It's not as hard to get into nursing, um, the nursing program, still in the hospital, still helping people. And then that quickly was like, well, I don't actually want to do that. I was just doing that as a backup. So I was like, well, okay. So this is when I got into CrossFit um, and things started changing for me. That's when I like started to get my confidence. Like I was lifting weights and finding who I am in the gym. And I took a break in school and that was really, really hard because I wanted to get my degree. I've been, been pushed my whole life. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I going to do with myself? At this point, I was um, worked higher up in the hospital. I was in management in the, what do you call it? Like registration side of things and insurance. So like I was doing good for myself at a 401k. I had health insurance. I mean, I was doing the thing, but that wasn't like my end goal. So then I like kind of like, you know, soul searched. I thought dietics, um, dietetics. I thought human resources. So I actually did go back to U of M Flint for human resources. And then again, I was like, no, you're just doing this just to 
to get a degree. It's right. not what you want to do. Don't do that. So then I was out of school again and I'm like, oh my goodness. And now um, fitness is really ramping up. And that's when our gym closed and we started working out at Fully Tap Fitness. And which is the gym that we which is the gym now. we all go to now and how we met yes. Maggie and Riley. So we we're at Fully Tap Fitness and Andre approached me and was like, you know, you're really into fitness and nutrition. Um, would you like to work here? And I was like, oh my gosh, like this could be my reality. I could work at a gym. Like from where I started at to like that point, I was like, wow, like I, yeah, I could do this. And so I said, yeah, I do want to start working at the gym. And at first I coached classes and then I got a certificate in nutrition coaching and I did nutrition coaching at the gym. And that really gave me a lot of confidence in myself, like standing up in front of a group of 20 plus people telling them what to do, like really did it for me because I was very nervous and timid before that. Like I would say I had confidence in myself, but like in a very timid way, like I wasn't going to outwardly show it. Um, So that really helped me grow. And then doing that, I was like, you know what? I am going to do pre-med. I was like, now I was like, I can get in, I can work full time. I can do it. Also, I had the support of Jeremy, um, my fiance, like I was in a good position to where I didn't need to work full time. I had the support and I was like, I'm going to do it. And I was on that track for a long time. And it was actually very close to graduation. I had quit working at the gym to work at a doctor's office again, to get that clinical experience. I was a medical assistant and through working there, being away from the gym, I realized, okay, this is not what you want. And that's okay. Um, I was like, I want to be a trainer. Like, this is what I want to do with my life. And it was a really big, scary, hard decision. I still remember telling my parents like, no, I'm not going to pursue med school. But of course, with everything I do, they're very supportive. Right. Yeah. Thank goodness. Very lucky. Yes. And I did finish my degree because I was so close and you know, like, right. You got to finish not? what you started. Why not? Like, it's still great to have a college education, but I finished and I went back to the gym full time, only doing personal training. And then from there that turned into also managing the gym. I'm Andre's number two and it's, it's great. It's amazing. That's such a cool story. I, I like your story because it's like, it's unique, but it's also like you actually took your time to figure out what you wanted to do. And you also did that like while sustaining yourself for a long time. Like, I know you said you lived with your parents, but like you had a job and you had to like take care of your expenses and also figure out what you were doing with your life. And I'm sure there's people that are listening that are like, I don't necessarily like have the resources to go to college right now, or I'm going to have to work through college and how am I going to manage that? Yeah. Um, So like how many years in total from like the time you started college to the time you finished? Like how long was that? So I started at 18 and I got, got my degree when I was, I was about to turn 26. So okay. 25, but about to turn 26. And I would say in total breaks, I probably had about two, two and a half years. Okay. So not your traditional four years. Yeah. And in the midst of all that, that absolutely wrecked me. I was like, why can't you get this done in four years? What's wrong with you? Why right. is this not working out? But now looking back at it, so I'm 28 now, so I've had my degree for 
almost, I guess it's been two years. Yeah. Holy moly. Looking back now, it's like, it doesn't matter in the slightest. Like, well, yeah. And you were still, it's not like you were just sitting around those years. Like right. you were getting really good experience that helped you figure out what you did want to do. Yeah. Because like you have the rest of your life to do what you want to do. You have very minimal time to figure that out. Yeah. So it's like worth it in my opinion and probably yours too, to like take the time to figure it out. Oh, so you're yeah. not stuck. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, what if you would have been like, oh, I'm going to go do human resources and then I'm right. actually going to go through with it and hate my job for exactly. the rest of my life. Like it's not worth it at that point. I can't imagine doing a nine to five in a small office in a hospital with probably no windows. That's just like, not you. It's not me. At yeah, all. It's not me. Yeah. I. It's so good to hear from like a non-traditional four-year path because I think a lot of people think they either have to go like non-traditional four-year path or they have to do a trade. Like there's no in between of those two. Yeah. And I, I think that's something like, even I wish I would have learned a little bit in high school. Like it may not, it may take more than four years. Like it may take you time to figure out what you actually want to do, but in the end it'll be worth it. Um, so you talked a little bit about how you ended up obviously in how you decided you wanted to do personal training. Was it the, the job that you had that made you realize, like, I don't want to be a doctor? Like, what what about that job made you realize that? Or was it that job that made you realize yeah, that? Yeah, so I would say there's two big things. Number one, a lot of it had to do with work-life balance. Um, I hated being at the doctor's office from 7 in the morning till 5 at night. It was miserable. Yeah. And you're inside and I have dogs and I love to walk my dogs. I love to run. I love to ride my bike. I love to work out. I like to be outside. And it was just like, every day was just like dread. Like I had to be in this office. I have to be in this office. So gym scheduling life is amazing. Like right now I work four to six hours in the morning and sometimes I go back in the afternoon And my work-life balance is amazing. Like I spend so much time with my dogs and Jeremy works from home. So we're at home a lot together and I'm just feel very lucky to have that setup. That setup. I mean, it's it's beyond. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. Like you said, for your dogs, which they need the most attention. Yes, they do. Obviously. So that was the big thing. Okay. Um, The other part of it was if you look at going to med school and becoming a doctor or being a personal trainer, what they both boil down to is helping people. Mm -hmm. So like that helped me make that decision to like, I want to help people. Right. And you can do that in both of those fields Yeah, and you can actually do it in the one that you actually enjoy. Right. And still fulfill your passion. Yes. Yeah. That's so important. Based on that answer, do you think that your degree that you received helps you today in the fitness world? And are you glad that you got your degree? So I will say this one is like a total yes and no. I think you can definitely do my job without a degree. I also have a coaching certification through CrossFit. Um, I'm happy that I have my degree. Yeah. We don't love the student debt, but that's okay because college does teach you a lot. Like I know gen ed courses get ragged on for like, I don't need this for real life, but it does give you a well-rounded experience. Yeah. And I would never give up being able to take anatomy and physiology. That was the most epic class I've ever taken in the lab. Um, I went, my degree is from Oakland university and OU is the only bachelor, like what do you call it? Undergrad college in Michigan that has a cadaver lab. 
Oh, so I didn't I, know that. I literally took my physiology lab on cadavers. Like our test would be a cadaver on a table with a little flag and a muscle saying, what muscle is this? That is crazy. It was amazing. I love that kind of stuff. And like seeing the muscles like that, it's totally bizarre. So you learned so much more. Yeah. So like I definitely learned a big understanding of the body from my right. um, education. You could learn that online too, but right. And then it also like, it makes me feel a little bit better. Like I do have a college education. It made my family proud. You know, I'm yeah. a first generation college student. Like that's really cool to me. It's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. What advice would you give to women who aren't navigating the traditional, as we call it, four-year college path out of high school? I would say have confidence in yourself because whatever you choose to do is what works best for you. The whole four-year college education, it's not for everybody and that's totally okay. I think there is a big swing of like trade school becoming a thing. Like yeah, I do too. More prevalent right. again, which is amazing. Um, like your mom talked last week. Yeah. She made her own small business. You know, and she doesn't even have a and degree. She doesn't have a degree. Yeah. You don't need a degree. I think because there was everything sways, you know? Yeah. It was like no one has degrees. It's all trade school. So there was a huge swing to like you have to have a college education. To be successful. But I think now we're kind of going back to the middle. Like we've seen both. It it's whatever works for you. So just have confidence in what you want to do and work for it. It is hard. Like, you know, I had to build a clientele. And yeah. it took time. So when I started working at the gym, it's not like Andre gave me a 60K salary and a 401K and paid time off and vacation. It was, all right, build your clientele. Like I started with nothing. He did give me one client to start, and which was awesome. That's and nice. But like I've had weeks where I don't make a paycheck. So right. like when you don't have that kind of job you do, you got to work. Mm -hmm. you, and if you work hard, it will pay off. Yes. I love that. That's great advice. And I love how you talked about the trades and also not even just trades, but like I've talked about this on podcast, but like not knowing what you want to do for the rest of your life is so normal. Uh, we like try to normalize that you should know what you want to do at the age of 19. And maybe you do, like maybe you grew up in a, in a family where your mom was a lawyer or your dad was a lawyer and you're like, I've wanted to be in law my whole life. Or maybe your dad was an electrician and you're like, I've, I've been working with him my whole life and that makes sense for me. But I would say like majority of people probably don't. I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I go to, when I went to college, I thought I did. Right. And now I'm doing something completely different uh -huh. that I never <laughs> thought I would do. So, you know, it, it's, it's definitely for all you college women or pre college women, um, getting ready to go. Like, don't feel as if you have to to do it in four years. Your parents are probably going to be mad at me for saying that, especially <laughs> if they're helping you pay for your college. But if they're not, even for yourself, even more so, you want to make sure that, right, the money is going where you actually want it to go and what you want to do. So it's really important. Um, now just segueing into our next topic, unless you had anything else you wanted to talk about career-wise. I mean, we'll talk about fitness at the end, so like we'll get into it. But um, the... One of the things that my friend Ellen was saying y'all should talk about making how you became friends, which we did, but like also how can we make friends in this like post-college young professionals trade school world where it's like, even if you don't go to a 
have the traditional path, I still feel like you're probably working with people who are your age or like you still have your friends from high school or you're like dating, you're like trying to date. So then you're meeting people through that. And then you kind of get into this like stage of life where it's just, how do I meet people at this point? Especially us moving up here. That was like my number one fear. I mean, I lived for four years, like with all of my best friends within five minutes of me. I mean, most of them, like most of all of my college friends and then even some of my high school friends. So that was really scary for me to come up here and be like, how in the world am I going to make friends? Like, how am I even going to make one friend? Like, much less how am I going to make friends? Right. And luckily, Riley had moved up here before me. And so whoever he was friends with, if they had a spouse or like a significant other, that would make it easy. But like, even Riley, when he lived up here, didn't have like a huge friend group because everyone's always busy. Um, So anyways... A lot, like I said, a lot of people start making friends, you know, in college, but after they really struggle and ours is unique because we did meet post-college. What do you think the best way to make friends is after that phase of life? Well, I think I'm biased, but the gym is a great place to meet people. And like, even before it was my job, um, the gym was how I met a ton of my friends because Jeremy and I haven't moved states, but we live over an hour from home. So Still All our insane, friends really. are far, like an hour is just enough to be really annoying to drive for. So we had to make friends um, out here in Oakland County. Yeah. And the gym, number one. Um, number two, work. Um, Jeremy has been lucky to have a lot of cool people he worked with. Yeah. And like meeting, like you said, meeting their spouses. Easy instant. friends. Yes. Instant friends. So gym, work, and then other hobbies. Right. Like I raised pretzel for leader dogs and I met a lot of great girls that way, yeah. like through volunteer work. Um, I've made a friend at the grocery store. Yes. <laughs> our queen. Who gives Loves my dogs, dogs treats every week. It's amazing. Um, and then be friends with your mom because now you're at an age where it's cool to be friends with your mom. It it's so cool. Um, and like they don't have to mom anymore. Right. You're right? just friends. You're like an adult. They don't have to mom anymore. So now mm-hmm. you're just friends, yes. which is amazing. We, I talked to my mom the other day and we are about to hang up and I looked at the phone and it was two and a half hours. <laughs> I took her grocery shopping with me. She walked the Love dogs it. with me. Like it's amazing. It's, it's the best. Truly. It's a truly different relationship once you're like at this age. Post-college yeah. really. Because like your mom is still your mom. Mm-hmm. And for me, like my parents were supporting me and like even your parents were supporting you by letting you live at home. Oh yeah. And I mean, they still have to mom, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But now they're at the point now where we can just be friends and that's really fun. No, I agree. I mean, we met friends through the gym. Obviously y'all are our best friends here. Um, and in general. Um, and so the gym was great. And then, yeah, like you said, hobbies, I- I've met great friends at work and hobbies, like any charity church, um, anything you enjoy doing, mm-hmm. I feel like is a great way to meet friends. And I have friends kind of scattered all throughout now that are also having to do this. And I feel like that's where they find it's the same pattern. It's yeah. a hobby that yep. is going to bring people together. Mm-hmm. And cause like work, like it's questionable, right? Like you yeah. can, you could work with really great people or you could be like, oh, I don't mesh with these mm-hmm. people. And I've also been like, yeah, I have great coworkers, um, who I'll miss very much when we move. But I feel like typically if you have the same hobbies as people, you're probably going to mesh. And if you have more than one hobby or like more than one thing in common, you're obviously definitely going to mesh. For sure. And we met at the gym and then I don't really know like everything that we meshed over, but 
Catan was like the thing that sealed the deal for us. If you've never played Settlers of Catan, or as the real people would say, Catan. Yeah. But we say Catan. No, we say Catan. It's Catan. It's Catan. Yeah. Um, there was a phase in our life where we probably played like twice a week. Probably. Like Friday, Saturday night yes. type thing. We were good enough to probably be in like a league or something. Oh, yeah. It was our show, dessert, Catan. Yes. And like the dessert is typically crumble cookies or... Yes. Like our own cookies, but Jeremy has to have ice creams and Oreos. <laughs> and Oreo, yeah. When Riley was here, like definitely Oreos. He's, He's obviously Oreo gone to training, but um, yeah, that was definitely something we meshed over. Um, what do you think? We talked a little bit about this with our moms, but what do you think makes a friendship different when it starts at an older age? I think it takes the like popularity competition out of it. So when you're in high school or, or college still it still happens there's that like social hierarchy and like the popular kids and like your your look and yeah all those horrible horrible things at this age it's like do i like you do we get along awesome like i'm not trying to compete with you no like we're building each other up we're at that stage in our life where we like you're doing something great that doesn't take away from me i'm happy for you and vice versa yes i feel like the the culture of college relationships or like young relationships is definitely like, Oh, well she is doing this. So then I have to do it and I have to do it at the level she's doing it or better. Right. And if I don't, then like I'm not reaching my like best potential. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, obviously I'm probably never going to be at the fitness level. Shelby's at. (laughs) I mean, I would, I mean, I would say I'm like a pretty decently fit person. You are. I mean, I, I do CrossFit. Yeah, you know, and we compete um, together. We compete together, but like that's okay. And I like I'm not like oh Shelby's better than me, so like I need to be better. Right. Like you motivate me to be better, but yeah. not in the way that it's like I feel bad about myself. Right, and you because you're better. Yeah, right. One of my favorite quotes is the light of someone else doesn't take away from yours. Like it doesn't make yours dim. Right. We can both be be glowing we can both bright, be shining, shining, baby. Yes. Yeah. No, I love that, and I also think. I talk a lot about social media on this podcast, so I should probably not talk about it anymore because it's toxic, but I also love it. Yes. Um, but it's it can be like that. It can be like, well, she has more followers or like she made this really cool Instagram reel. And we were just talking about this at dinner, but like I compare myself to um, people who have these amazing skincare and morning <laughs> routines where they're like on the, yes, the know, ASMR. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I did two loads of laundry and cleaned my whole house and I also have three kids and I'm like okay that there's no way you did that first of all and if you did that's amazing but like that doesn't mean I have to do it right and that's great for you and I'll be happy for you yes I might be a tad jealous if you Uh really did all that (laughs) but that's a that's a whole other thing because of social media but no I totally agree with you and I think it is a unique it's a unique thing, especially when you start at an older age, because you never even had to deal with that in your relationship. Right. Whereas like some of my friendships, like we went through those phases where mm-hmm. it kind of felt like we were competing, like who got married first and like who bought a house first. And I mean, all of those things make you want to like, oh, well now she's married. So now I need to be married and now I need to do these things. And when you start at an older age, you don't really have to worry right. about that. We're like, settled in, baby. We're settled. We are we're already we are. established. <laughs> like we're just you know, we're already who we are. And it's not like we have to feel like we have to change because someone else is doing one thing better. And one of my things, like I always had to tell myself really probably like 
once I got through high school was like, there's always going to be someone who's better at it than you. Like you could literally do the most perfect push up in the world. There's someone who's going to have a better push up. Yes. Or you could have the most perfect grades, but there's someone who's going to have it better. Yeah. Unless you're just an anomaly. Like, you know, like it's very rare to have, to have something that you're the absolute best at. And I had to tell myself that in college because like I would be in the middle of classes and I was like, I think I'm pretty smart. Like I had really good grades. I came to college on a scholarship, but now all of these people are like 10 times smarter than me. Like I'm struggling in these classes and everyone else is like just flying through. So it college is a humbling experience because of that. Um, Oh yeah. And even like the real world is humbling because then you get into your career and you're like, well, I thought I was really good at Uh supply chain. And then it's like, but she's really good. Like, you know? So anyways, I loved this conversation because no one really talks about this. Um, I'm I'm realizing as I do this podcast more and more, no one talks about any of these topics we're talking about. Like no one really vocalizes on social media. And we also talked about this at dinner. Like no one is sharing the real life things. Like how do I actually make friends? Like you're an influencer. How do you make friends? Like what, what did that look like for you? Instead of just being like, here's me and my 16 friends that are all influencers, you know? Um, and having these conversations, hopefully, I mean, it helps me. I hope it helps people who are listening. Um, and if you're struggling making friends, force yourself, even if you're introverted, I'm extroverted. So it's super easy for me to be like, go do stuff, go get involved. But like, even for someone who's more introverted, yeah, like you, um, joining like leader dog and doing that volunteer organization was petrifying for me. Yeah. Like I am naturally introverted. It's really hard for me to like initiate things like that. Like sometimes I am a little too introverted to even like go to the store by myself. I have to like work myself up now in like situations like at the gym. I totally feel much better about that now. Right. That's your place. Because it's my place. But yeah, like I get you. If it's hard to go out and do those things, I feel for you. But if you do it, it will pay off. Yeah. Like I said, I've made friends through Leader Dog. Like it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you build community and how you build friends. And like I said, it, I mean, even being an extrovert, it can be difficult in a new place. Like I would say I'm very, very extroverted and coming here, I was very intimidated to come to CrossFit. Before we get into fitness, I'm going to talk about how I got into CrossFit because when Riley started doing CrossFit, I was like, "Ugh, you're doing CrossFit? Same. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I'm not into that. Like CrossFit people are crazy. They do stupid stuff. Like they hurt their bodies. I- I'm not. I literally told him, I was like, when we get married, I- we're going to go to separate gyms. <laughs> like it was a whole era. And I don't really know why that was. I think there was like a CrossFit gym where I grew up that was like really intense lots of like heavy, heavy lifting. And that freaked me out. And now I'm like, good for them. They're heavy lifting, you know, but at the time I was like, I just don't know if I could ever do that. Um, but I tried a CrossFit class in college with one of my friends and I was like, okay, this is just like not terrible, but I still was in the phase where I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to do this. And then I moved up here And Riley was like, just try a class. But I remember feeling so intimidated, one, because I know no one. And a lot of times Riley worked like a late shift. So I would come by myself and I was like trying to get to know people, but also trying to learn how to do CrossFit. And those two things combined, even for an extrovert was like, that's a busy hour. (laughs) So overwhelming. I'd like have to get myself ready to go to the 530 Mm -hmm. class. 
And I just, I remember that feeling. So if you're in that space, if you've moved somewhere new, even if you've moved an hour away from home, like you're still going to have to build relationships with people that are different than where you grew up. Even if you are in, like, this is my biggest piece of advice. Even if you are exactly where you grew up, like you are in the same city around the same people, like branch out, go to do a hobby in a different area, go to a church in a different area. Um, It will help you like learn more about yourself and meet people who are new to you, which I think is great. I do too. So we kind of branched into the fitness space. I saved the best for last Mm -hmm. because I figured we'd talk about this the longest. Um, We've already talked about what motivated you to get into fitness. You wanted to help others, your passion for helping others. What is your favorite thing about training other people? Yeah. So I'll start with what fitness did for me. And perfect. Yeah. So I was also very, very against CrossFit. Me and Jeremy were friends. We weren't dating yet. And he was like, come to CrossFit with me. Come to CrossFit with me. Do CrossFit. And I was like, no, no, no. I will not ever, ever do CrossFit. Like, like you said, they get hurt. Like it's stupid. It's dumb. Blah, blah, blah. He would come up with the, up with these workouts because we worked out together and they were CrossFit. He just didn't call them CrossFit. And I loved them. Oh, this is fun. Yeah. I didn't know I was doing CrossFit. And so then we started dating and I met his brother who goes to CrossFit and we went out to dinner and he invited us the next morning to go to CrossFit class. And I was like, I can't say no to him. I have to make a good impression. Right. So I was like, all right, we're going to CrossFit. (laughs) And I remember laying out my outfit the night before because I didn't know what people wore to CrossFit class. I was so nervous. That's a whole different conversation. And we get there and everyone was super nice. And it was a partner workout typically on Saturdays in CrossFit world. It's partner workout. So me and Jeremy partnered up. So that made me feel a lot better. And he had done this kind of thing before. It was seven rounds of a 400 meter run. So a quarter mile together. And then you had to do 40 wall balls, but oh like gosh. 20 each and then 40 box jumps. That was but your first one. 20 each. We were so bad. <laughs> Colin, the coach stopped us at five rounds because everyone else was done and was like, you can be done. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. It was July. Most CrossFit oh. gyms don't believe in air conditioning. So the garage doors were open. Yeah, ours is rare. It's like 100 degrees. I'm on the floor sweating, dying. And I'm like, sign me up. I'm in. <laughs> and I literally this. haven't turned back since. And what that did for me, like, I wish I could give, bottle it up and give it to everybody in the world. Yeah. Like, I've talked a lot about being introverted and timid. And it really, really helped me break out of my shell. Like, seeing what I'm physically and mentally capable of is like, I'll never get over it. It's amazing. It's amazing what you can push yourself to do. And that's what I want to show people when I train them. Like you can do it. You can break those walls, those barriers, go to that dark place and do things you never, ever imagined. Yeah. If you would have told 16 year old Shelby, who's in softball, hating her life because the girls were mean and you're so like too quiet to like speak up for yourself that she ran a marathon or won multiple CrossFit competitions, I would have been like, what? There is no way. (laughs) There's absolutely no way. So it's just, I want to give that to everybody. And I have some girls that I train that when they hit PRs, one, so a PR is like hitting your personal best in a lift. So like, let's say the deadlift, they go for a one rep max. One, they've never done it before. 
and they do it for the first time and they're so proud. I swear I cry every single time. Like those are my girls. Like it's amazing to like see someone go through that too, because I remember how that feels. Yeah. It feels so good. I feel so good. There's no feeling like it. No. And that's what got me hooked on it too. I like, I've always worked out. I've always, I wouldn't say I'm an athlete. I am now, I would say, but like in the past I was in cheer in high school. I mean, I, I was good, but it, I never played like a what most people call a sport. Oh, I think cheer is a sport. I've cheer is a sport. Broke bones over that <laughs> sport. Um, and like looking back, I do think it gave me a lot of good skills for cross like the gymnastics side of things. Um, oh, yeah. I think that helps me a lot. But no, I I w- I was the first couple of times I was like, okay, this is this is different than I thought. And then the first time, like, I was able to lift what I consider heavy for me, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I'm addicted. Right. Um, It's just like anything where you push your body or your mind to do something that you didn't think you were capable of, and then you do it. Like, if you think about how you feel when you hit a personal goal, even Mm -hmm. if it's not fitness, like, imagine that in the fitness world. Exactly. And then it's, like, ten times better because you never thought your body could do something like that. Yes. And if you do it safely – you're not gonna you're not going to get hurt. No. But that's important. Like yeah. and that's what you teach people. Oh like, yeah. Like obviously form over everything. I love to tell people just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like yesterday we did overhead squats and I was like, okay, I haven't done overhead squats in probably a year because I just don't do that movement very often. Mm-hmm. And like I could put 15s or 10s on, but that's not going to make me feel very good. Right. So I'm going to do more with less weight yes. because I need to work on my form. Mm-hmm. So it's, I feel like not one, not every CrossFit gym is the same, right? Oh, for sure. There are some gyms, I'm sure there's bad apples in everything. everything. I'm yeah. sure there are some gyms where people do get hurt because they're not properly trained. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what CrossFit is, like if, if someone came to you and was like, I don't know what CrossFit is, how would you describe it? CrossFit is constantly varied, high intensity, movements. So what that means is you're going to be doing all types of different movements. It's always different at high intensities across many different disciplines. So you mentioned like gymnastics, there's gymnastics, there's strength training, there's cardio. It's just a wide variety of things. It's really hard to like put a definition on it. Yeah. How we do things is you start the workout with a warm up, and then you do strength and then you do a Metcon, which is metabolic conditioning. So your high intensity workout where you could be doing a plethora of things. So <laughs> many options yes. to choose from. Um, yeah. And then there's some days where I go to the gym, like, oh my gosh, that really pushed me. And most of those days are cardio because that's my weakness. So like, I mean, not that I'm like a you're know, strong. heavy lifter, but, um, I've always struggled with cardio. Like I, I did run a 10 K a couple years ago and that was a huge accomplishment for me because I'm not a runner. Um, I really like to bike. That's new. Like that's been fun. Um, but there, there are days like the Saturday workouts, those will get you. They are something else. But it's real. again, when you finish it, you're like, Oh wow, I did that. And mm-hmm. I like hit, you know, I did better than I did in the last time. We right. do a lot of tracking too, which yes. I like. So I can always see like the other day we did trap bar deadlifts and mm-hmm. that was like the most I had done on that. Amazing. And I didn't even know that I was like hitting a PR. Right. So that's even more fun when you go put your score in and it gives you the little, the little star. star. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think CrossFit is like attainable for all ages too. And I that's what I like about it. We have literally every age you could think of in our gym. Oh, let me tell you, I trained this man named John 
who is 70 years old. King. He is so amazing. He does the most perfect push-ups I've ever seen in my life. And when I started training him, I was petrified to hurt him. Yeah. So his workouts were <laughs> too easy. They for were him. way too easy. So then I'd ramp it up and ramp it up. And he's like, come on, you can push me. You push can me push harder. me. What he can do is beyond. Like it's truly for everyone because it's scalable for everyone. So that's right. the other great aspect of CrossFit is everything can be tailored to you and what you need. Yeah. Like, I mean, I also, another great thing that'll make you feel good. Like when you're going to start CrossFit, unless you've been some sort of athlete before, you're probably going to start at some version of a scale workout, most mm -hmm. likely. Mm -hmm. And so like probably the first year I did CrossFit, I did most every workout during the week scaled. But then I remember when I got to the point where I was like, I think I could try this RX, you know, and then I would do it. And I was like, oh my gosh, just RX to workout. I right. guess we should explain RX. RX it. is when you do the workout as it's written. So some movements are a little higher skill and they have scaled versions. And then when there are weightlifting components to a workout, there's usually a weight um, like prescription or recommendation. Right. So when you do the workout at the weight it was written with all the movements it's written, it's RX. Yeah. And it's super, it feels super good. When to you do. do it for the first yeah, time. I remember like, that yes. feeling. And now I would say I typically RX most workouts unless they have double unders. <laughs> um, but even like I can do toe store now. I can do pull-ups. Yeah. Um, those are things I never thought I would be able to do. Like a pull-up, I never thought I'd be able to do that. There was um, a girl in my mentoring circle at work. Maybe she'll listen to this. I hope she does. And she was like, I just started CrossFit and Aww. I've been like six times and I really like it. And she's like, I hope one day I can do a pull-up. And I was like, you will be able to do a pull-up. Yes, queen. you will. Um, so it, it's really, it's a totally different type of workout that, that I've ever done compared to what I like did in college, which was more like cardio, kickboxing, hit. Um, and it does incorporate some hit. Oh yeah. Right. But, but with weights, but it strengthens your body more because you're actually lifting yeah. weight versus like body weight. All right. So that's CrossFit for you. If you were wondering, we yeah. explained it, <laughs> uh, mostly Shelby, but, um, we talked about physical fitness. We talked a little bit about mental, I guess you being mentally strong and like how to break those barriers, but how do you define health overall? Like if, if someone said, I want to be healthier, what does that mean yeah. to you? So first thing I would say is like health doesn't have a look. Like you can't look at someone and be like, oh yeah, they're healthy or no, they're not healthy. Um, I would say health is being, not having illnesses, being free of illness um, being someone who takes care of their mental health, their physical health. So gets in some type of exercise, even just walking. And I shouldn't say just walking because walking is so good. So good for you. Therapeutic too. So therapeutic for both the mental and the physical and being someone who eats in a mostly healthy way. Yeah. Also having your sweets is good for the mental health. Like Yes. Yes. 80 20 is always what 80 20. I, yeah, I try to do. I haven't been great lately, but, um, it's a good way to stay healthy, but still feel like you can have sweet every yeah. now and then because being super strict one way, it's not healthy. Yeah. It's actually unhealthy. Yeah. Especially for the mental side of things. Cause it's more than just physical health is physical and mental. Yeah. I remember when I went through my macro counting phase, which like I, I wouldn't recommend um, but if you don't know how to eat, 
I would recommend you do it for like yes. three or four days to see like on your normal eating pattern. Cause this is what I learned from it. I learned that I, I was eating an okay amount of carbs and fats. Like it, it wasn't bad, but I had to up my protein and that's why I was feeling so tired in the gym. Um, and so if you do count your macros, maybe do it for a couple of days and, and then learn how to build your plate. Like what should I be eating at every meal to get this amount of protein? And there's really no need in my opinion to, be so hard on yourself that you do that every day. Cause that's going to drive you mentally insane. It is like, I tell all my nutrition clients just exactly what you just said. Do you want to work oh, for me? Good. Yeah. You <laughs> let me take a job. <laughs> you count macros to learn, to learn what portions are like, and to see like how to eat this much protein, how to eat this much vegetables. And then you go from there and you live your life 80, 20, because yeah. counting your macros for the rest of your life is oh not gosh. a fun way to live. I cannot imagine doing that. And there are people who do that. And I'm like, you can live a little bit happier mm-hmm. life. Yes. But I know, I mean, everybody's different and everybody approaches their fitness differently. Um, but I like what you said about like the mental portion of it because, and I really liked what you said about not, you can't tell by looking at someone if they're healthy. Um, which kind of goes into our next topic of body image, which a couple of people have requested, um, this topic on my Instagram page. So I figured what better person to talk about it than with you, because obviously like I think growing up, not that anyone taught me this, but maybe like society taught me that I need to work out to like look a certain way, or I need to work out to like, I'll have abs and my legs will be skinny and skinny was like a huge term growing up. Not for my mom, because she would literally, we talked about this, but she would never do that. Um, But just from society as a whole, it's almost like I work out to be skinny. I work out to be uh, fit, whatever fit means or looks like uh, to that person. And social media for me has, that is where I struggle with it. I really have a hard time like looking at other people's bodies and thinking I do CrossFit and she does not do CrossFit. And maybe I think her workouts are not as hard as mine, but she looks like that. And I don't look like that. So, um, body image is tough. Very Dude, tough. So from a person that like, I don't know, I look at you and I'm like, Oh, if I could be that strong, I just talked about how I don't do that. But like, <laughs> I look up to you in the way that like, Oh, she's so strong. And I would think that someone like you who is so strong and other people might think like, you probably don't struggle with body image. Cause it's like your job. And you're super fit and you run marathons and do CrossFit competitions, but like, do you struggle with body image issues, even though this is like your career? Oh yeah. I knew you would say that. It's yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, so the big one is social media. Like you said, seeing girls and comparing and it's like, why do I do everything I do, but I don't look like that. Yeah. And it's, I always take it back to Shelby you work out for your health, right? You are strong. You are fit. Your health is amazing. Yeah. You are an abled body. Like you are so lucky to get to do all these things. You tell your body to do something and it does it. And that's like amazing. Yeah. Cause not everyone has that opportunity. No. And that's what matters. What it looks like truly does not matter. It doesn't. It's what your body can do for you. And I don't really know, like, Because I think about the time before social media 
And I still compared myself to other people. So like, what is it in our brains to like drive us to do this? I don't know, but it's definitely harder for women. Um, Not that men don't struggle with body image issues. I know they do, but for women, I think it's much harder. I think it's a societal thing. Pressure. Not to get too much into all that stuff. I told you we were going to get controversial. Well, like, (laughs) you know, we start talking about feminism and we live in a society that's very patriarchal. Yes. And men want women to be a certain way. And it works really well for society for women to be against each other to buy all these products in a capitalistic yeah. country. Yeah. And it's very good for revenue when you want women buying all these products to one up one another make them and look a certain make way. them look a certain way, be a certain way. Um, so tying that back to feminism, there's obviously extremes and people look at that and think it's a bad thing. Feminism isn't a way to bring down men. It's to make women equal and to get rid of those types of things Yeah, where we feel like we need to compete against one another to look a certain way for a man. We don't need to look any way for a man. Look, right. And yeah, I like what you said about it's not bringing, it's not about bringing men down because obviously we love, right. we love our men yes. in our lives. Yes. Um, I love my husband. You love your fiance. We love our, our friends that are male that we think are great people, our dads. Like, it's not about bringing those people down. It's about showing that one, we are equal and two, we aren't here to please you. Like that is not our role. Right. Um, and it, it literally like haunts me in my sleep, the amount of women right now getting procedures done to their faces. We've talked about this before, like having like Botox and filler and all these things. And, and that's like your choice, right? If that helps you go with your body image issue, sure. you go for it, queen, slay. But the problem I'm starting to have is that it's almost becoming a standard. Like instead of it being like, oh, I'm doing this to make myself feel better about myself. It's I'm doing this because everyone else is doing it. And that's, I think, when it becomes a problem and we're like caving into this, I have to please someone else by the way I look. Right. Instead of, I I really don't like the wrinkle right here in my forehead, so I'm <laughs> going to get a little bit of Botox. Right. That's completely different. Mm-hmm. Or, I, you know, whatever you want to do, that's your decision. Um, but I, I really struggle with 24-year-old girls women, sorry, getting stuff done like that. Because I think we're doing it to each other. Um, and I think that's because of what society tells us that we have to do. And it's been like that for oh yeah all of time. That's all how we time. ended up here. Mm-hmm. But you would think by 2023 that we would have like fixed that problem. Again, do what you want with your body. It's yours. Um, but also be mindful that you don't have to do something because society tells you to do it. Exactly. Um, Speaking of body image and these things, Harvard Business Review came out with a study on women facing ageism in their careers and how basically they did this survey for 900 women in different career paths, lawyers, doctors, people in education and healthcare, and came to the conclusion that based on all of these women's feedback in their surveys, that there is no perfect age for a woman to be in her career. If she's too young, she should be focusing on creating a family. If she's too old, she's outdated. And 
again, we're just going back to what society has told us for so long about ourselves is that we don't belong in these spaces. We have to have a perfect body and perfect skin and perfect hair. And we have to be, you know, all decked out because that's what we need to be for men. Men. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Um, And I don't know. I'm very thankful for the men in my life that like have not taken that path um, and have like motivated me to be my own person and break barriers and all of those things. Um, But do you feel like you face any of this issue in your career? So I feel like I'm very lucky that I don't face it, but it's definitely a worry of mine. Like some of my body image things come from like, I need to look a certain way to train people. Like if I don't look like I work out, why would someone trust me to tell them how to work out? Um, But I'm very lucky to have a lot of male clients. We'd love to see it. Like 35, 40, 60, 70. And they trust me. And that was really scary as a young girl, like you said, feeling included in a space. Like I was nervous to get up in front of men and yeah. tell them what to do. Why is that scary to us? Right. It, it is, though. It's terrifying. It's very terrifying. Like, why would they listen to me? Like, I don't belong here. I'm just a young girl. They they know how to work out better, but it's not true. It's not. And I do the same thing in my career, but like, I have to remind myself that the the men that are my age are not doing that. They're not saying, do I belong here? Right. And, and maybe like, I don't know, maybe they are and they oh, don't, yeah. you know, talk about it. Um, but I think it is normal to have imposter syndrome. I think it's normal to feel like you don't belong, but I think it's tougher for women because society has told us for hundreds of years that we aren't right. capable. So we just got the right to vote a hundred years ago. Right. Which when you think of it, it might sound long. But in it's the grand really scheme of not things, that long. It's not that long. And that was for white women. Exactly. Specifically. That wasn't even for black women. Black women. And that was so much later. Mm-hmm. Um and I just, I think about that and I think about how far we've come, but I also think about how long it's going to take us to completely get rid of our subconscious bias. Um, Because if you have bias for that long against a group, it's going to take much longer to get rid of that subconscious bias in your head that society has taught you to believe. For sure. Um, So yeah, body image and just being a woman in general is tough. But I'm glad to know that someone who literally works out all the time and trains people to exercise and have a healthy body also struggles with body image. Um, So now that we've talked about all these things we struggle with, how do you combat body image issues? I mean, you talked about telling yourself, right, that you're healthy. But my number one is it's not what your body looks like. It's what it can do. Yeah. 100%. Like the days where I'm like, wow, like you look like that. It's like, yeah, I look like that. And I ran a marathon. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. You did all these strong things. Oh, yeah. And there's another quote I like, and it's like, being pretty should be the most like boring thing about you. The least interesting thing about you. Totally agree. You are so much more than what you look like. So much much more. more. Yeah. And no one at the end of the day, like I'm going to go into social media a little bit more, but no one at the end of the day is probably what they look like on social media unless they're not using filters and they're not editing their photos at all. Yeah. Right. And most of these uh, fitness people that we could follow on Instagram or even just your everyday Instagram user, 
is probably editing mm-hmm. a lot. And the celebrities are taking what's that pill? Ozempic. <gasps> Ozempic or Manjara. Yeah, literally taking drugs. If you're listening, let us know what you call it because <laughs> we probably just absolutely butchered that. Um, but yeah, and that, and they're not talking about it, right? And that's a huge problem we're facing, like in the whole health world oh, yeah, right now. Then Ozempic again. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. It's going to come back though when you stop. Mm-hmm. And. And it, it makes me sad. Again, like, I know that there's people who want to lose weight so badly. And, and that's totally fine to do for your health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But when you're advertising that you're fit and there's really some other type of help involved there, yeah, it's just a false advertisement at right. that point. Yeah. And then it's going to make it it's really harmful. difficult for women to feel like, oh, how did she lose 60 pounds in six months? You know, Mm -hmm. what was she doing differently than what I'm doing? I'm counting my macros and I'm still not losing weight. And there's all sorts of, like, like you said, health is being free of illness. There's all sorts of illnesses that can cause you to not be able to lose weight. So I get the struggle. It's just, if you're, again, same thing with social media. If you're doing it and you're acting like that was your natural, like if you had work done and you're acting like this is all natural, false beauty standard. Mm-hmm. If you tell us, then at least we recognize, yeah. okay, it's not normal for my net to look like that right. because she had it done, uh-huh. right? Um, so, yeah, I think for me, I, I don't know, every day I feel differently about my body. I wake up one day, I'm like, oh, I feel so good about my body. And then the next day I'll be like, I'm so fat. That's hormones, baby. <sighs> that yeah. cycle we're on. It's so bad. Yeah. The PMS really does it for me. Uh-huh. And I'll be like, I hate my body. Like, yeah. I feel fat. I feel disgusting. So you just said it, and this is one that I've had to really, really change how I think about it, that I feel fat. So fat's not a feeling. You're right. Right. No, this is a hard, like, this is one I had to, like, really train myself on. Fat's not a feeling. So when you peel that away, it's like, well, why do I feel fat? You're just bloated. Yeah. Whether it's a PMS or you ate something. Yeah. Fat's not a feeling. We got to remember that. And... I also try to look at it in a way that a lot of this can be seen as fat phobic. Why are we so afraid of fat? Yeah. It's not bad. No. There's no like morality attached to this. It's not fat people aren't bad people. Exactly. And that is, that is definitely an issue in society. Oh yeah. Like Uh everyone, like you said, you cannot look at someone and know if they're healthy. I follow this um, amazing girl on Instagram she is technically like an a plus-sized model mm-hmm. and she literally works out so hard mm-hmm. her body is just naturally going to be built differently and right. she's gonna she's just gonna be built the way mm-hmm. she is but like I can tell by the workout she does that she is healthy and she's a queen and so I've I've had to also train my like subconscious bias that like just because you are overweight doesn't mean you're unhealthy exactly and like you said, it has nothing to do with your morality. And I think that's the problem. I think a lot of people, I don't, I don't know. Why did we ever start that? Again, right. where did this start? Uh-huh. Like I, I'm going to do some research. There we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, for me, it's definitely just reminding myself that this doesn't matter. Like it doesn't even matter what someone else thinks of your body. Because a lot of times I'll be like, I hope I like, I hope so-and-so still thinks I look nice or like, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. you know, and you think, I hope people still think I look fit. You right. know, I hope people think I mm-hmm. look like I work out. Yeah. 
but then you're attaching your confidence to someone else's feelings of you and your worth and your worth. Yeah. And like, that is so not worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, so have the cake. I don't know what the moral of the story is, Uh but like, well, it goes back to that common like trope too. Like when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to look back and think about what your body looked like. You're going to think about all the memories you had in your life. Yeah. And, and the people you loved and it's not going to be your macro accounting. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we talked about this already, but do you think through time, social media has made body image issues worse or has it made it better? Probably worse. Yeah. I mean, we're flooded every day with pictures of perfect people that I'm sure some of them are look, do look like that. But like you said, there's editing, there's crazy weight loss tactics there. You don't know what's going on between behind people's perfect post. There's also illnesses. Yeah. Eating disorders. Oh yeah. Oh Um, my gosh. Yeah. And that's a whole other issue. It is. So yeah, you never know what's going on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. is my number. Like for all social media. Oh yeah. You never know what's going on behind the scenes. People post their most perfect. The highlights. Highlight of their day. Yeah. Which is great. It's fine. But you we just have to realize when we're consuming this stuff that that's what that is. Yeah. That's not their 24 seven. No. And it's always filtered and it's always going to be, I don't think anyone's going to get on Instagram and be like, I fought with my husband today. Right. I, like, I just don't see mm-hmm. people. One, like, I, I mean, that's personal, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you fought with your spouse <laughs> about something, but no one's ever going to be like talking about the things that really make their days hard. They might say, I had a hard day today, Mm -hmm. but we're probably not ever going to get to that level. I don't know. Maybe we will one day on social media where we're all sharing our struggles. I mean, I think that would make all of this better. Yeah. I think it, it, for me, it would make it better if a fitness influencer like talked about her body image issues or Mm -hmm. was like, I I'm genetically, I have abs genetically. Right. Like that would help me because that's Uh huge. And how your body looks Mm -hmm. genetics play a huge part. Oh, and how your gosh. muscles are, how your bones are, like how yeah. you're structured. Like mm-hmm. I look exactly like my mom did when she was uh-huh. my age. Like if you look at our bodies, I'm just stretched out a tiny bit. Like right. I'm just four inches taller. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of that's genetics. Like our legs are. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. the legs in, in every, mm-hmm. like my grandmother, my mom, our legs all look the same. Yeah. We have bigger thighs, mm-hmm. like more muscular thighs. And that's just how it is. Yeah. So I try not to be self-conscious about the things too that I can't control. Right. Um, cause I used to be self-conscious of my thighs. Like, oh, they're kind of bigger. Like they're not skinny. Um, but now I'm like, I can't control that. And they're strong. So oh, why be self-conscious? So muscular. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I guess for advice, if you're struggling with body image for me, I would just say, remember your, where your worth is. It's not in what other people think of you. It's not in what people on social media think of you. Um, if you want to post a bikini pic, post a bikini pic. Uh-huh. Go for it, queen. Yep. But don't feel like you have to do it for the affirmation of others. Yes, for validation. Don't do it if you're going to do that. Yes. Post it because you're confident in yourself and because mm-hmm. you want to share it. But don't post it because you're like, I hope a lot of people comment on this and tell me I look good. Right. Because then you're going to be in a spiral. Um, so anything else on feminism, body image, women's rights? Anything else you just want to throw in there? <laughs> Throw in there. I've had a couple bad experiences with guys at the gym and Andre, my boss is amazing. He's like, no, we're not like none of that. Absolutely not. Yeah. And kind of the same thing you were talking about. I had an older guy in class 
who wanted to talk over me and not really listen and interrupt me. And when I confronted him, it was headbutting. It was, we're getting nowhere. So I chose the route of, all right, I'm going to ignore you then because I'm not even going to feed into this. Waste my time. Yeah. You're disrupting a whole class. Like, no, that really made him mad that I ignored him and he really came at me. And so then Andre had to intervene. I brought it to Andre. And when Andre talked to him, he was apologetic and yeah. Yeah. Total tone change. Um, We're fine now. Under the bridge. He doesn't treat me like that anymore. Right. But it did take a male telling him the same thing I told him to stop. Yeah. I struggle with that so much. I'm going to struggle with this for the rest of my life because there, like, there's no reason that my gender should really change how someone feels about me um, and my age either. Like, age is a real thing. Anything. Sexual orientation, religion, nothing. race, age, nothing should make you feel differently about me. What should, like, in, in my career, you should base your, st- like, your judgment of me should be based on my capability to work and do my job efficiently. Yep. That's all it should be based on. You should not ever wonder what I look like or wonder nothing. No. Like, like, there's nothing that you no. should think about to be like, how am I going to treat this person? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a huge struggle. So if you're listening, I really don't know what to tell you. Just keep fighting the good fight. At the end of the day, like people are going to treat you differently for various reasons. Um, We're all going to be treated differently in the workplace for various reasons. But specifically for females, like we have to learn to change it and also be able to work with those people still. Because you don't want to be the person that's like, well, I can't work with you anymore. Because then that creates even more division and it's not going to solve anything. No, it's not. And then they're just going to use that as more ammo to... Be like, I can't work with this person. Right. Yeah. So anyways. Be assertive. Stand up for yourself. That brings up another thing. I had a client, a guy client talk really rudely to me through text. And I had to stand up for myself, which you did great. It was very hard. So hard. You know, I said things like, I didn't appreciate your tone. That really hurt me. Please don't ever do that to me again. If you do, like we can no longer work together. And they apologize. Yeah. And it, whoop, Done. And it's over yeah, and done. It's with. over. And I feel like most of the time that's probably the case. And and I don't think it's necessarily because like the person might not even realize that they did something wrong. Right. But if they did and you vocalize that it was wrong, most people are going to apologize and yeah. try to never do it again. Exactly. If you are a good, decent human being. Yeah. That's gonna be the path forward. Mm-hmm. If you're not, I don't know. I guess you're right. just gonna be a jerk. <laughs> but um, no, and that's yeah, that's tough. And standing up for yourself, ladies, is tough. It um, is tough, but just keep you have doing to do it. it. Like, it's so worth it. Stand up to people who talk about your body. Mm-hmm. Um, stand up to people who talk about your worth or try to question that in meetings. Like, I, I don't know. I, I told you I have a lot of female management and I'm about to read this book called The Nice Girl Never Gets the Corner Office mm. because she told me about it. Um and some of the biggest tips she gave me, maybe one, sh- one day she'll be on my podcast. <laughs> um, but some of the biggest tips she gave me were like never, like in corporate America. Yeah. Right. This applies to more of that. But never bring food mm. because people will associate you with like motherly attributes of like, oh, well, she's always going to make cupcakes or she'll bring the food. Maggie will bring the food. Like she always does. Wow. Yeah. 
triggering. Um, <laughs> and then she said, no matter what, never, never, ever, ever take a seat in the edge of the, edge of the room. Always sit at the table. Hmm. Um, because even if you are not, I mean, obviously if like the CEO walks in, okay, get up, you know, <laughs> but typically that never happens. And you're going to be in a room with people who are at a different level than you, but establishing your presence and like creating your brand and making sure that people know who you are. She was like, it's the most important thing you can do as a woman. It's like, well, it works for it. you. You're yeah. a director now. Right. So, um, so yeah, that's my advice. A body image, I, I, it's, it's going to be hard probably for the rest of our lives. It's probably something women struggle with. I mean, I know that my mom probably still struggles with it. I know she does. We talk about it. Um, so at every age, it's probably going to be a struggle. But the sooner we learn to accept ourselves for how we are and like not put our worth into that, I think the better it will be throughout our life. And I definitely think exercising is a good way to really transition from what your body looks like to what it can do. Like yeah. I am so amazed with what I can do. It's amazing. It's so amazing. And it's much more satisfying than being like, I'm skinny. Right. Yeah. And, and the trends change, right? So oh, one yeah. day it might be to be skinny. One day it might be to be muscular. Mm-hmm. One day it might be to have curves. Yeah. Um, and that's why you can't. You can't follow the trends. You can't follow the trends. You just got to be strong. Strong. Strong girls. Yes. Um, anything else? No? I think I'm We're happy good. with all that. Okay, great. Um, well, that was so fun. I hope that – I know this was a little bit scattered towards the end um, with the body image and the societal pressures. But I really wanted to share that because I feel like a lot of you have been asking for it and how we combat those things. So I hope that helped. But I'm so glad that I had you on the podcast today. I'm so happy to be here. That was so that much was fun. So funny. So funny. <laughs> we are funny. We are funny. But it was also but fun. But it was also very fun. <laughs> it was real and it was fun. It was real fun. Um, so anyways, I'm so glad I had you on the podcast. So glad we heard from someone who doesn't have the standard college path. That was great to hear. And then also glad we got to talk about how you make friends. I, I mean, I learned a lot just talking. So yes, um, I too. hope everyone else that's listening, learn something today. Let me know what you loved or you didn't love um, through my Instagram at commute chats. You can direct message me. I'm sure I'll be posting after the podcast releases to get your thoughts. Um, and please share with your friends. If you know of anyone struggling with these things or that wants to hear other strong, powerful women talking about their careers, definitely share. And then of course, like and review on Spotify and Apple podcast. Thanks for hanging around with us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.